Welcome to episode 69 of the Fantasy Alarm Baseball Podcast. Been sporadic getting these posted, but we're trying to get things back on track here with the regular season in full swing. Uh, I'm about to get snow on Wednesday in Syracuse, and I believe Matt dealt with it today in Nebraska. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. We didn't get as much as they called for. They called for one to three inches overnight from Tuesday to, or from Monday night to Tuesday morning, and we got basically a dusting, but still. On April 19th, it's just not pleasant to get snow, and then obviously there's a, they're calling for snow in, what, Cincinnati tonight, I think, all night, and uh, there's just been snow everywhere this week, and I'm like, it's April, it, it, we should be past this by now. Yeah, so. it's, it's heading towards me, so I'll, I'll do the, kind of watch baseball on TV and keep warm thoughts in my head at least. So even though it's 30 degrees in Colorado as I'm watching their game here on a Tuesday evening, but we got to stick to stick to the script here. We got to try and keep these a little shorter and, and streamline and get the uh, information that people need. So we've got a lot of injury issues around the league, uh, more news that happened on Tuesday that we'll update in a minute. Uh, these things are killer because stuff keeps happening on Tuesdays and past uh, leagues with roster locks for weekly setups. It makes things very difficult for fantasy owners. So, Trying to stay ahead of all of these things gets difficult. Uh, we're going to start with one of the big ones here, but not hurt, but kind of coming back uh, Two things. So in San Diego, after the big series, and then they've got eyes on another matchup this weekend with the Dodgers, uh, Fernando Tatis returned, I thought, a little early, uh, not counting Tuesday night's game action. He is one for 14 since coming back from the injured list. Now, again, part of that could have been facing the Dodgers pitching. Uh, but how much of a concern do you have of him coming back too soon with the shoulder injury and his early results? Yeah, I, I think it's too soon. I've been saying that uh, since the injury happened. I said it, I think, on our last uh, podcast here. I also said it on uh, Family Times podcast. Ten days for a shoulder subluxation is way too quick. Like, if you watched his swings during the Dodgers series, they looked shorter and less free than they normally do. Um, granted, his first at-bat back, he hit a home run, but okay. So now he's actually 0 for 14, or 0 for 13 after that home run. So um, I think he's trying to protect it a little bit right now um, because he doesn't want to re-injure it immediately. He wants to be in there for the long haul and kind of let it sort itself out, but... You got to be a little concerned. I mean, I have him in at least one of my leagues, and I'm letting it ride with him because, um, you know, he's he's that big of a star that he can just flip a switch at some point. But it is it is concerning for sure. This is not what you invested a top three pick um, on him for, to be sure. Um, I don't watch him as much as I should. Is he a head first or feet first slider on stolen bases? Um, I think he tends to be a head first, but I'm that's not, what I thought. So I'm not that, that's, for sure on that. So even with walks, he might be less apt to steal bases. It's something to keep an eye on. We'll we'll definitely track this in the days ahead. Uh, Joe Musgrove put up another strong performance. He's got a no hitter already this season. Thirteen strikeouts yesterday. Uh, I kind of looked at the uh, behind the breakout column today on that. How he's changed. He's pretty much uh, put away his. Uh, four seam and sinker and he's going with all almost all off speed and other offerings 
the the pitch he's throwing the most is the slider. Does that give you a little, little bit of concern based on his injury issues in the past? The most innings he's ever thrown is 170, which he's done once, but he's only gone over 100 innings three times in the majors with that season included. Yeah, I, I'm not terribly concerned about it. Um, I think they have Does enough. Does the depth. six-man rotation help assuage some of those fears? Yeah, I mean, if you if you first of all, you got to consider he's their number three starter, right? So we're not expecting you don't expect more than 170 innings really from your number three starter at this point. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and then the fact that they have a six-man rotation going or are capable of doing that. Also gives them some built-in rest. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I've been watching him. His, he looks like he's got a cleaner delivery going now than he has in the past. I don't know how much work he's put in um, to that since coming back. But I think the breakout is real. Um, you know. Well, I do, too. I, my, I would just worry about the, you know, the, the innings. Yeah. I mean, but at this point everybody's concerned with starting pitching innings because they're just not they're just not going anywhere close to what they typically do right like i watched davy martinez tonight for the nationals take patrick corbin out after six shutout innings at 76 pitches after getting the heart of the cardinals order out in the sixth inning yeah. Right Then he went to a bullpen that he said was, quote, fresh after pitching almost 23 innings of the last 45 innings of Nationals baseball. So I'm not entirely sure what a fresh bullpen looks like if pitching basically half of your last five games um, is fresh. I think you need a new definition for that. Um, so in terms of innings, I don't know. I mean, I think early in the season they're certainly going to um, probably take him out a little sooner than you would expect so that they can monitor those innings. And now with Denilson Lamette coming back, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have more depth there. They have Ryan Weathers who they can go for spot starts. Uh, and of course, down the road here, they can call up Mackenzie Gore in probably about a month. Um, um so. we did get a reader question there. So that's, that's what you're gauging. You're, you're, yep, you're I'm, I'm saying about a, I'm saying about a month. Um, for them to call up Mackenzie Gore, I don't think that they can keep the fans at bay uh, much past that with them expected to go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. Um, and I don't even think it'll take another pitching injury to call him up. I think they'll just call him up um, and make a move with somebody in the bullpen. Um, well, they're, they're eventually going to so, need innings with Morahan going under uh, getting right. Tommy John surgery. Yeah, so, Morahan. It was just announced earlier today that Morahan was uh, is going under the knife for Tommy John, so they're not going to have him until probably middle of next year at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I would say about a month for Mackenzie Gore. So if he's for some reason available in your leagues, I'd stash him now. Um, interesting. He's yeah, the other guy we can touch on now. I guess we were about to go into Seattle, but uh, I think Logan Gilbert comes up pretty soon. Yeah, I, I'm curious which one gets up there first. And you, you were talking about going toe to toe. I mean, the Mariners played the Dodgers tooth and nail. Yeah, uh, they beat them by what one run on Monday night, and then they just lost one nothing to them on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, they're playing the Dodgers heads up, like <laughs> really close games. They're in first in the AL West. And that's um, without Kelnick and right, and it's uh, been without Gilbert, Kyle Lewis. right? Who just returned? Well, is right. returning. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I watched some of that game and I watched a replay in the morning to see what happened with the bullpen. And Kendall Graven was very impressive against the Dodgers. Yeah, He's he become was. the highest. He's become the highest leverage arm in that bullpen. I know Montero got the save on Monday night, but yeah, but he did not look. That was a wild. No, save. the 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 arm to own there is Kendall Graveman, which we yeah. can get into some of the bullpen things later on. But we'll we'll save a little time there. Uh, moving over to Atlanta, it seems like Atlanta's encouraged by the stuff with Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> and he's off to just he was off to probably you know there's no probably he was off to the best start in baseball. Uh, during the at the beginning of the season here, will this linger? The I mean, I I don't see how he doesn't get a ten day stint off of this. Yeah, I mean it's it's unless he's an abdomen or oblique thing. Those things tend to linger, even if you do a ten day IL stint, they tend to linger coming back. Um, so I don't see why the Braves wouldn't do it early in the season. Give their superstar some rest. Um, they've got some depth to, you know, fill in for them. The rest of that division isn't really charging, you know, up the, up the standings here, like you would expect. Um, so yeah, I would think that they would take it a little easy with, um, Acuna at this point, who, by the way, if you go over his last 162 games has like 51 homers and like 48 steals or something. Something completely bonkers. Um, so there's really no reason to uh, push that guy. You're clearly going to need him at the top of your lineup. Um, so, which, by the way, I do want to, I know it's early, but I do want to say this. I said this in the player debates in the draft guide, that Albies I did not think was going to stick in the two-hole very long. And sure enough, he's been hitting in the five-hole for like a week. So the bat isn't really playing with, Albies, steals are going to be down, so it's just something to, uh, you know, monitor there with Albies. Even with Acuna out, he still has not moved up the last two days in that batting order. Yeah, he's he is a renowned slow starter, but at some point he's got to put it together, or else the the hype's never going to match up to what he's been producing as far as on the field. Uh, moving over to Miami, a tough blow for people. I did get Starling Marte in a couple of late NFBC drafts. Uh, he was off to a terrific start. The the rib injury, everything I'm reading is that's at least a month. Is that a, is that a tangible return date? Probably. Uh, from For those that don't know what the injury is, is a non-displaced fracture of his 12th rib, um, which I don't know exactly where you know, but that's pretty far down there in the rib cage. So, and for broken ribs, there's not really anything you can do about no. it really, except kind of try to tape it up a little bit and then let it heal. Um, so yeah, that's a blow to Miami cause he's, um, as members of the front office has, have put it, he's irreplaceable for them. Um, so yeah, I would when think you're, when you're talking leaders, Lewis Brinson, yeah, yeah, that's a big, it's right? a big downgrade. Yeah, that's a huge downgrade. That guy can't. <laughs> that guy doesn't know how to swing a bat while he's holding a bat. Um, 
So I think if it lingers, you might see J.J. Bleday come up. I'm not sure that guy has all that much left to prove um, in the minors at this point. So I would be on the watch for Bleday some point in the next probably month um, for them as they continue to try to make their, their charge for a second straight playoff appearance. Yeah, I'm curious if, you know, I, I know they've got Cooper and Aguiar and they're almost like the same sort of person and they're waiting till next year to get that universal DH. But at some point, will they maybe address a need by trading Cooper? I know the Dodgers are asking about him. Yeah, I mean, they've got pieces to move for sure. They've got, you know, Cooper is definitely a guy you can move. Um, they've got some minor leaguers that are pretty close to the majors that could um, bring you a piece that you need back. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, you know, we've seen Miami be a little bit more active in trades the last couple of years, and I don't think this year is going to be any different. All right. So I, I, I know on a podcast last year, you were singing the praises of Jazz Chisholm. Uh, you posted your blip about when you, you wrote him up in a prospect piece in the past. Uh, he's been fulfilling everything that you foresaw to this point, probably overachieving, uh, what is the what is the long term or at least the rest of the season? I mean, he can't keep up this hard hit percentage over fifty percent, can he? I don't think he will, but I think he can. I think he can be a twenty twenty middle infielder. Um, I don't think that's any that there's any doubt about that. Um, I mean, you're going to see some ups and downs from him. He's a rookie. People it's are going to be catch streaky. on. Yeah, people are going to catch on. He's going to have to make adjustments, and they're going to adjust, and then he's going to have to adjust to that. Um, and so, but I think, you know, as I wrote up, uh, I guess about a year and a half ago now, when they made the trade for, they traded Zach Gallen straight up for Jazz Chisholm. And people wondered why Miami would give up a guy like Gallen for Jazz Chisholm, because everybody was down on Chisholm. Well, Chisholm is a middle infielder with five above-average tools, right? So he's going to hit for average. He's going to hit for some pop. He's going to steal some bags, play really nice defense, right? Gallon, yeah, he looks like he could be an ace right now, though we have to see it for a more sustained period of time. But Miami has pitching depth. Right, Sixto is still down on the farm. They have Edward Cabrera, who's still down there dealing with some bicep thing. Right, they've got Max Mayer is still down there. Trevor Rogers has come up and looked phenomenal to start the year. So they've got pitching depth. They didn't have middle infield depth. So the trade makes sense. I think Jazz Chisholm, when all is said and done this year, will probably hit. I'm going to say about 265 to 270. He's going to be a 2020 middle infielder. Um, and the rest of the county stats are going to depend on where they continue to hit him in the lineup because he's been a little lower in the lineup than I'd like to see him. Um, and not to mention tonight, mainly taking him out in a double switch. Right, exactly. So all of those things are going to be, um, you know, Andy is a rookie, didn't really get minor league time last year, so they're probably going to watch his workload a little bit. Um, so... But yeah, overall, I think he's he's definitely a, a twenty twenty caliber middle infielder. All right. So news today that obviously frustrated me because I was very big on Juan Soto coming into this season. He landed on the injured list with a shoulder strain. There's been no word on the severity or projected time missed. 
Uh, everything I read says you're looking at probably at least two weeks, if not a month, depending on uh, what type of strain it is for Juan Soto. So uh, talk me off the ledge. And when he comes back, our team's going to keep avoiding him. He's, he's, you know, he's not Barry Bonds, but he's been getting the Barry Bonds treatment early in the season. Yeah. Um, so I've read about the same things as you have that very rarely does a guy only miss like 10 days with a shoulder strain. Usually it's about a month, depending on the severity. Obviously, if it's more severe, it'd be more like six weeks. If it's on the mild side, it could be just the 10 day uh, thing, depending on how quickly the young man heals. Um, so we'll have to wait for a little bit more information there. And I feel like the Nats have typically been a bit cagey on exactly how injured people are. Like, for example, watch Steven Strasburg's last start. I watched it, and I was like, this guy's hurt, right? He was flying open. He couldn't get his side to loosen. He was clearly stretching stuff out in between pitches. Uh, the velocity was down. He was only hitting, like, 91 with the fastball, uh, 93 occasionally. That's not anywhere close to where he should be. Um and he came up with this excuse that he was trying to go for accuracy, but then he was flying open anyway and, and walking guys on the on the arm side. So that didn't seem to be working. And then sure enough, like four days later, they put him on the I.L. with some shoulder inflammation or whatever. So Nats have typically been cagey about exactly how injured some guys are. Um, as for when he comes back, I don't know. It's going to depend on if Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber can continue to heat up. We saw Josh Bell hit a home run on Tuesday night, his first one for the Nats. Um, Schwarber has been more of an on-base guy rather than a hitting and power guy to this point. Um, so, And it also depends, I guess, on what... This is going to sound odd, but what Davey Martinez continues to do with Victor Robles. Mm-hmm. Because if he bats Victor Robles ninth, then I think Soto actually gets, you know, in the middle of the games, not in the first innings, but in the middle of the games, I think Soto actually gets, um, you know, a little bit more of the we're going to pitch around him treatment because you'll have Robles and then Turner and then Soto and then you'll have Bell and Schwarber behind him. Um but if Robles hits eighth and you've got the pitcher, then I think you're you're only risking one guy on. I think teams would take more of a chance with Soto then. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so I know we were talking before we went to record about uh, hitting, you know, being sporadic and a little bit down. And I know we can attribute some of it to the cold weather. Uh, relievers are getting into games earlier rather than later. So, uh, any concern about the league-wide batting average entering Tuesday at 233? And should owners be panicking if they have a low average right now with their with their teams and rotisserie setups? Um, I'm not going to be full-on panic mode yet. I mean, we're not even three full weeks into the season at this point, right? And there's been, um, you know, there's been some games. Oh, we've had we've had COVID shutdowns, right? Like the Mets, rain, snow. I think the Mets through this weekend had 15 scheduled games and it only played eight of them because they had seven postponements. Yeah, it's hard to get a rhythm, right? Like they had the first four postponed against the Nats because of COVID, and then they had another one postponed in New York because of rain, and then they got to Colorado and it was snowing. 
Um, you know, and you've got the Cubs as a whole, who I think they said on Sunday Night Baseball that the Braves pitchers actually have a higher batting average than the Cubs hitters at this point. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just cold weather people getting back used to playing in April because it's been two years since they've done that. Um, but, yeah, if we get, like, midway through May and things haven't really changed, then, um, you know, at that point it just becomes tougher to find the guys that are actually hitting for average, though. So I don't know if you're going to dig yourself out in a roto league at that point, right? Like, if the entire yeah. league is terrible, then is there really anything you're going to do about it? <laughs> uh, I, I think one thing I might add to the uh... – the the streaks and um, hot or not column that I do on Fridays is I might add a third segment at the bottom uh, of, of guys that might have, you know, um, a low batting average, but a high expected batting average or a high, uh, a big disparity between uh, WOBA and expected WOBA. And, yeah. and those might be guys that you want to target for the week coming up that, you know, Somebody might have dropped them or got impatient. I'm starting to see some names trickled in, even in NFBC leagues that you wouldn't be uh, normally seeing on waiver wires. People get itchy trigger fingers early this season because they want instant results based on their draft picks. Uh, so, so you know, I know people get upset when they miss their FOB bids, but you really need to pay attention on who got dropped by other teams because they might be very cheap investments in the in the coming weeks. Uh, when you're looking to fill roster spots and things of that nature, like I had to replace uh, short, I, I, shortstop on a couple of teams has been rough for me with injuries. I lost Mondesi on one team, a couple of others. So I picked up uh, Miguel Rojas, I think, for about $5 in NFBC, and he went he went four for four tonight. So th- those are the things you just need to do, and he's batting second with Marte out. So Yeah, and speaking know, th- th- of Mondesi, I saw a report that he's not yet throwing. Yeah, it's it's going to be a slow bake thing. So, and they still won't bring up Witt Junior, which don't even get me started. But it is what it is. So we just, you know, I backed up Mondesi with Witt Junior, and they're not playing either. So, hey man, Nicky uh, Lopez has two RBI tonight. So uh, don't yeah, yeah, thanks. Just rub salt in the wound. Uh, now here's another one. So I do have probably more exposure to Giolito than I should. Uh, first off, he was supposed to pitch on the 18th, and then the White Sox held him back. And then I read a report today from one of the beat writers saying that Giolito is like the complete opposite of what anybody would term as a morning person. They said mm-hmm. in, in spring training, it takes him to like 11 o'clock to get like awake and even doing anything. So not only did they push him out from his regular pitching on regular rest on Sunday to Monday, they forced him into an early morning start, which we all saw went horribly. So should should Giolito owners take solace in the fact that this happened early in the season last year and he rebounded with a strong finish and he's probably not a morning person and Larusa is just an idiot? Yeah, I, I think anything that ends with Larusa being an idiot is definitely a good excuse for me. Um, uh, his bullpen usage has been an abomination. Yeah, it's... First of all, in that game, his in lineups, the sixth inning, in the, the sixth pens, inning, down by six, he put in your mean Mercedes. Down by six in, like, the sixth inning, and Mercedes has never pitched in his life. Um, and then he followed it up with Denny Mendick, 
And I'm like, what are we doing? Not to mention he won't play Andrew Vaughn to save his life to the point where the general manager had to DFA Nick Williams to try to force LaRusso to play Andrew Vaughn, much like when uh, going back to Moneyball when they had to trade Carlos Pena so that Art Howe would stop playing him at at first base. Um, So, yeah, LaRusso has no idea what he's doing um, in any facet of the game at this point. Um, but yeah, I saw reports that Giolito would basically come in like the big Lebowski at eight thirty in the morning for camp and just start making coffee and like perusing, but wouldn't be doing like his drills or, you know, pre-stretching yeah. or whatever. Uh, meanwhile, the Boston starter got up, uh, and was prepping for three days for an 1130 AM start. And he, it showed. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. And, and but I. I, I just, again, the thought process, again, because I own Giolito, so I was in... Uh, because LaRusso tout. is 71 years old and would rather be drunk driving than man. I'm in my tout head-to-head thing, and I thought I was getting a Giolito start on Sunday, which I needed, so I end up losing my matchup. If I if I get a good Giolito start on Sunday, say he throws uh, a complete seven-inning game because it was the doubleheader shortage, right. and, and he gets a win on Sunday instead of that game Kopech started... You know, they, they could have had Kopech be the opener on Monday as a as a young guy and, and mm-hmm. doing the bullpen game right there. I mean, that was naturally set up. So also you, take revenge. A, you take a guy off his regular schedule and then you do this stuff and it's like, how? Also, uh, you get I, the I, revenge I, narrative there with Kopech. I, it's just in the early start because he, you know, he was the, uh, the Red Sox farmhand. Yeah, I anyways i don't want to go too deep into that i hope it's just a blip and, and giolito gets the slider back under control and things go on the right direction uh and, and maybe at some point the white Sox are going to make a change but I, I see them being stubborn with this hire and seeing what happens with it in spite of themselves uh super two so you spoke about gilbert uh gore maybe blade are there anyone else that were you might want to stash sooner rather than later it looks like the Giants outfield's playing well so I don't think they're going to rush Helio Ramos up uh is there is there a name or two this weekend that you might be able to get the last time for cheap I'll give you a starter to watch out for too um I think Cade Cavalli could be up with the Nets pretty soon um he was he well, I saw Romero round. had a setback in, in uh, alternate site, so that's yeah. going to set. He, he's not going to be starting anytime soon. Right, and you've got Strasburg is down. Lester's still not back. Um, you know, they need some – Joe Ross got brought back down to earth in his last start. Well, Joe uh-huh. Ross realized he was Joe Ross. Yeah, exactly, right. They need – I had zero bids on him. Depth. Um. And Cade Cavalli really impressed at the alternate site last year. He was a first-round pick for them. They're really high on him. The stuff uh, is at least number two starter stuff, if not number one starter stuff. Um, so is he more viable than, like, an Eric Fetty? I mean, he had a nine strikeouts his last outing. Yeah, I I think they is still that smoke and mirrors Fetty. with Fetty? Yeah, I still think they see Fetty as a spot starter slash long reliever. Okay. Um, he's been good, but like, uh, he's been so, so for like three years now in that same role. So, um, like Joe Ross. 
Yeah, he's had a chance to prove it, and I don't think, you know, and Scherzer's a free agent at the end of the year. Lester's on a one-year deal. Ross hasn't really proven anything. Yes, they have Corbin there for a few more years, and Strasburg just re-upped for a longer-term deal, but they need to see what they have in pitching depth in the system between either Cavalli or Rutledge, and I think Cavalli's the um, the first one up there. So uh, I, I wrote it down, so okay. I would I would watch for him coming up. I know there's been a ton of uh coverage of George Kirby striking people out for the Mariners, but I think he's further back than Logan Gilbert is. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Mackenzie Gore has a shot to come up. Max Mayer for the uh, Marlins may come up by mid season. Yeah, Nidert got blown up today. Yeah, he got blown up. Um, obviously with Sixto having injury concerns, Edward Cabrera having injury concerns, um, they're going to need some starting depth coming up. So I would look for Max Mayer, who has absolutely just filthy stuff. All right, there we go. Two good names for you to stash by the guy who was all over Jazz Chisholm. All right, so I think we're flipping the script here because you're going to grill me on bullpens. Yeah, I just want to get your uh, your feeling on, like, for one, can we trust Craig Kimbrell in Chicago at this point? Um, I don't think he's done anything to prove otherwise. I mean, yes, he walked two people and pitching in a blowout, but we all know a lot of closers don't do well when they're just, uh, in air quotes, getting in work. Uh, here, here's the key, and it's been written about by uh, a couple of the the beat writers. When when Kimbrel's fastball has ride, where you know it it, it almost looks like it rises a little, or, or you know travels in that plane, then he's going well. If you see his fastball tailing, then things are off with his mechanics, and that's when you need to worry. So so far so good on that front. Um, I think the bigger concern is the Cubs are not playing well. Um, with the with the starting pitching or the hitting, so at yeah, some they had point their they're probably hitless. at some point they're going to trade him if they can't turn this ship around. Yeah, I would think so. To start the season, the first ten games of the season, they put up forty nine hits. To give you an idea of how bad that is, that's literally the worst ten game streak in Cubs history in terms of hits, regardless of when it is in the season. That's the worst ten game streak in the season so that they're, they're not they're, yeah. they're not hitting um who are we trusting in miami are we trusting anthony bass or are we trusting yimi garcia uh right now it's garcia and i confirmed that with craig and yeah he just had a tweet earlier tonight on tuesday that the basses look good in his last oh yeah I, I, I think so. i think now that's another one if miami decides they want to shake things up i mean garcia is a pending free agent uh, I, you know, it's so hard, you know, it depends on your roster, you know, roster size and leagues. If, you know, if you're in a 15 team league and you want to, you got room to leave Bass down there and hopefully he gets back into it. Uh, he has turned a corner of late. Uh, I just think Yimmy, uh, with the velo bump, since he's gone in the closer, I think it's something he's always wanted to do. So, uh, he's ramped up. Uh, we'll just have to see how they use them in the next couple of weeks. But for me right now, I think it's Yimmy's job to lose. 
Okay. And with Jake McGee back in San Francisco, is he the bona fide closer for them? Uh, yeah, as long as everything goes okay with this COVID. Uh, you know, he had that he had that rough outing uh, with the 30 pitches in Miami, and he did give up a solo home run tonight to Reese Hoskins, but Hoskins has been on fire. Uh, they have enough lefties to keep him insulated in there. Uh, but they did bring up my boy. I, I I know you've heard me talk about Camilo Duvall. I mean, if you watched his mm-hmm. outing in Miami, that kid, he's, it's funny. I was telling my girlfriend, I haven't seen anyone carry themselves with the same demeanor as Mo Rivera in a long time. And, and he's a different pitcher than Mo Rivera, but he has like that same, I don't know. It, it seemed like the moment wasn't too big for him. So he's already got two holds uh, just being promoted. So he, he's gone. He's faced good hitters already. And I think they're swinging this stuff and they need, uh, you know, Whistler's been off to a rocky start. So there's a chance for Duvall to establish himself as a setup arm in this bullpen going forward and do well. There's going to be days, obviously, he gets rocked and said the young reliever will. Uh, but I really like his stuff and that 98 mile per hour fastball with the slider that, you know, we all heard or we all saw what it made. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Aguilar say when he when he struck out there, that was that was pretty funny <laughs> when he saw it. Yeah. His, and, and, he, and he and he said it in the quotes after the game because they, they devolved in his interpreter to say what what Aguilar said after he struck out, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that stuff is is. Gross. I'm not sure it's as gross as Emmanuel Class A's 101 mile an hour cutter. Oh, um, that that was another one of my preseason guys. So it, yeah, it's, it's been it's been good so far. And uh, depending on what happens with this rain delay in Cincinnati, my boy Bukaskas might get his first major league win. That's true. I was actually just going to ask you about Arizona with uh, what happens in that bullpen now that Bukaskas is is up. It's not due to an injury. They literally. Well, they the super two laps, so they finally, right. they finally rewarded his strong spring by promoting him. Uh, I don't think the Saria versus Crichton thing is over, but that's again, uh, that's a peeing match between the general manager and the manager. That's Hazen versus Lavulo because Hazen signed Saria to close. Lavulo was loyal to Crichton. Crichton got the save the other night. Yep. Uh, Bukaskis would have to wait. I would say. A month or two before he really gets maybe an extended run uh, for saves. However, I think his role as a setup reliever will grow quickly. Uh, Yoan Lopez has shown that he's not a very good reliever, uh, inconsistent. So Bukaskas can leapfrog him probably rather quickly. So then he would be the the outside guy looking in between Saria and Creighton when Saria returns in the next couple of days. Uh, but same deal, Saria. I think they might give him saves early on so they can build trade value and get him out of town. Uh, and then if if Crichton can't hold off Bukaskis, then again, I, I would think it would be June or July before Bukaskis really gets a possible run as the closer. But uh, I'm hoping when he does get that chance, he makes the most of it. Yeah, so I have both Crichton and Bukaskis on my home league team. Um Really tried to go after those Arizona saves. Yeah, it was um, funny because uh, Sunday I was outside doing yard work and, and people that follow me on Twitter were sending me messages about Bukaskis being called up and the day before somebody sent me a note about Duvall getting called up. So it, it it's gratifying when people are, are recognizing the uh, the grind as, as well. You know, that's why I 
made it a point to retweet when you had your thing in about Chisholm because I recalled you talking about him a long time ago before all of the 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 new bandwagon folks have jumped on the jazz train. Yeah, I appreciate that love there. Um, and is Kenley Jansen good to go as the Dodgers closer at this point? Were, um, were we overstating his demise? Um, if he's going to throw 97 mile per hour max like he did today, <laughs> then yes. Uh, here's 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 the thing. Um, I was worried about it. They said last year he dealt with some COVID, which was never officially reported. Um, which which caused to some of his rough spots last season. At least that's what they're saying. Right, and he had a heart. Um, he has a known heart thing too. Yes. Right? So, so when he when his now today his average fastball his average uh, velocity was up three miles per hour uh, with 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 his uh, with his fastball, and then the uh, the cutter was also up two point seven miles per hour on average. And he was getting beat, crazy movement. So I don't know if Bauer showed him the the magic sauce to get the ball to move like he did. Uh, but here's here's the thing: they're going to keep him fresh, so they're not going to run Jansen into the ground. So you know, and people Knable's that were adding people that were adding Knable, yeah, people that were adding Knable, it's okay. If you're in a 12 or 15 team league, he's still going to get ancillary saves, more valuable in 15 and 12, but not in 10. However, you know, that again, they're not going to make Jansen go three out of four, you know, and, and something crazy. They have enough people in that bullpen. They don't have to do it. Um, but he he is the Heck, closer. David Price you even just, got saves. Right. He is the closer. You just have to realize they're, they're going to monitor his workloads. But he can still get 30 saves this year because that team is just crazy good. And then lastly, we'll wrap it up with Baltimore here. Um who is anybody walking away with that closer gig? Well, it's, or no, nobody wants to believe in Cesar Valdez, and he keeps racking up saves. And he's doing it with changeups. You pointed out. Before, yeah, he he threw today. We he, yes, he 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 recorded the save on Tuesday. One point one clean innings, three strikeouts. He threw sixteen pitches, fourteen were changeups, eleven eleven swings, and seven whiffs. Now, now again, that that can partly be a reflection on the Marlins hitters. Uh, however, I mean, it, you know, it, it it's 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 like when Mariano just threw his cutter. Now, again, the the changeup's a different animal, and he got into a little trouble with Boston. But same thing, he you know, this guy's been through everything. He was pitching pitching in independent Mexican baseball. The guy's just a, a baseball lifer, so he, he's playing with house money. He's got nothing to lose out there, and you. I, I saw him the one game, and he bounced back against Boston as they they started warming up Barnes before he was named the closer. So at least it gave me insight as to who it was way back when. And then Valdez got a, a, a double play ground out and got another guy out with the changeup, and, and that was it. He got the save. So it's not going to be pretty. There might be a few wild, wild rides, but you know I'd rather have Valdez right now than Montero. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that, Montero just looked way out of control yesterday in his in his save. Now it is the Dodgers and they make you work, but those pitches weren't even close. Yeah. Uh, so um but yeah, that's all the uh, the bullpen questions I have for right now aside from the White Sox that all comes <laughs> down to uh, La Russa. Well, and again, the bullpen was so bad today that at least Hendricks did get a he got a one out save, so <laughs> 
Uh, my couple of teams, I have Hendricks. I do appreciate that. So I wasn't planning on a save. So any bonus ones we get are fantastic. And I know people are frustrated with saves right now, but you have to remember all of these saves that are getting racked up by people that we had no idea about. Nobody else is getting those saves either. So um, I had a really tough decision in one of my NFBC teams. I, I drafted, um, I had, I had Hendrick. No, excuse me. I had Hader, McGee. I took Clase and I took Kennedy in the late rounds. So I ended up having four closers. So I had to drop Kennedy last week because I needed to fill another hole. Well, and here's the thing. I, I you know, I, the other guys have been off to a better start and I just don't trust Kennedy to keep that job all year, even though he's been yep. very good. Um, on back-to-back -back outings, his velocity really drops, and that's something you got to watch. Joely Rodriguez is work, lurking in that bullpen, and they're still going to get Demarcus Evans eventually back and some other arms. Uh, so, you know, I, I would think they would they would sell high on Kennedy if they had the opportunity. So I was hoping somebody else would burn fob on it, which they did. So I killed two birds with one stone. And, and um, also, I will put it out there. If Jordan Hicks got dropped in one of your leagues, now's the time to stash him. He's probably two weeks away from getting saves, but he's getting very, very, very close. Once you see and him, Gallegos back did to, not look good against the the Nats on Tuesday night. No. He once, walked once in you, the winning run. Once, once Hicks works back to back games and has no um, no issues with uh, with any soreness or anything, they're gonna they're gonna get ready to turn him loose. Yep. Um, and because they want Reyes in that multi-inning role to help out Gallegos because he's getting worn down a little bit. Uh, so, yes, again, if, yeah, if they're Hicks was dropped. Yeah, they're going to turn Reyes into the new Andrew Miller. Right. If, if Hicks was dropped, um, get him on your roster and just wait a couple of weeks, and, and then hopefully you'll be thanking us down the road. All right. I think we covered about everything we need to here. I'm sure as soon as this ends, there will be another piece of news comes flying across Twitter. But – we do the best that we can. What do you got coming down the pike? And I'm sure is, there's got to be NASCAR this weekend, weather preventing, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the NASCAR race this coming weekend is Talladega. So basically, take a put a dartboard on your wall, <laughs> put all 40 drivers around the dartboard, and throw five or six darts, and that's your lineup. Um, that's basically the best strategy I can tell you to do. Uh, start everybody in the back of the pack and hope for crashes, because that's basically what Talladega comes down to. Um, <laughs> I've got the prospect report coming out Wednesday, so if you're listening to this, there's a pretty decent chance that it's uh, that the prospect report is out. Um, I'll have a hitting coach or a pitching coach, one of the two, out on Thursday. Um, yeah, NASCAR this weekend, and then you know straight through until the middle of July. Every weekend there's a race for NASCAR until the middle of July when the Olympics happen. Holy moly. All right, man. Uh, let's see. I do uh, Wednesday. I think I'm on hitting coach. And I have a hitting coach and pitching coach over the weekend. The, uh, the, the streaks and league leaders bats to look at uh, comes out on Fridays. Behind the breakout is posted to the site about Joe Musgrove this week. And I looked at all the pitch mixes and kind of laid it out to everybody how he's doing things and what it might look like going forward. 
And that's about everything else going on on the uh, on, on fantasy alarm. So and one one last quick note that I just see from Davey Martinez on Juan Soto. He says, "Quote: We're early. We've got some days off. We thought, hey, we're not going to take any chances with him. So there's no real timeline there. But I will say that over the next ten days, the Nats have three days off. So okay. if it's only a ten day stay, you're only missing seven games from Soto. So all right. Well, is, that makes me that. feel a little bit better for now." We'll see how I feel in the morning if any other news surfaces, but we'll, we'll take him at his word and hope uh, hope things go in a positive direction with all that. So, Matt, and as always, the, uh, the Tuesday night game has been suspended between the uh, Diamondbacks and Reds, so they will finish that Wednesday morning. Bases loaded, top eight. Why are they Diamondbacks robbing? are up five four. They're robbing my Bukaskis love. It's okay. Yeah, Lucas Sims. Was I'm a patient down, guy. So. They never should have made Sims throw in that rain, but no, that's another they should story have, for they another should have day. suspended it as a tie game and then see what happens. But you know, correct. It's okay. It's all lined up for JBB. All right, Matt. Until next time. Thanks for everything. Be safe, and we are out.